Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Murder at the Table. This is a Mandy and Mitch media production where we talk everything crime that is technically happening right now. Um, so just to start us off, I am Amanda Washington. And I'm Michelle Graham. Welcome back. So today's episode is going to be a little unique in the sense of we are doing nothing but recaps. So the crime has been criming this week mm-hmm. and the people are getting caught. The tea is coming in and it's hot. So without further ado, y'all know we like to jump in on this show. We don't waste no time. So we're just going to go ahead and get started. So I know that the other day, about two weeks ago, y'all heard me talk about a football player by the name of Sergio Brown. Um, He's actually an ex-NFL player. And Sergio is known not only for being an ex-NFL player, but he went missing. So Mm -hmm. if you didn't hear that episode, but you're just chiming in now, I'm going to give you a quick recap of kind of what we spoke about on that last episode. So Sergio Brown, like I said, he's an ex-NFL player and him and his mom, her name is Myrtle Brown. They actually went missing on September 16th. So they were reported missing. Um, The police still have no recollection of how long they would have been missing before that. However, they do know on September 16th is when the family called and said, hey, these two have been missing for some days now. We want to know what's up. So the police go, they do a wellness check. And then as they're searching the premises, they actually find um, Myrtle's body behind her home the next day near a creek. So they said it was about 400 yards away from her backyard. So in her backyard, there's a small little pond, creaky type of um, area. And that is where her body was found. So she died from her injuries, um, which was assault. And of course, this was ruled a homicide. So at this point, Sergio's whereabouts are still kind of unknown, but people are like, where's Sergio? So, you know, his family's concerned. He even has a brother who was kind of like reaching out to police saying, hey, my mom's dead. My brother's missing. Like, y'all have to do something. Something's going on. Mm -hmm. Until one day, about a week later, there's a video that surfaces and it appears to be Sergio Brown. That's, that's what the reports are saying. It appears to be Sergio Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this appearance, the man, to me, looks 99.9% like Sergio Brown. But of course, there is still that 0.1%. Maybe it's not him. I don't know. But um, he's in the video and he's saying that his mom is not missing, that it's fake news. And also that the Maywood PD, and so Maywood is the city that he's from. And that is where his home was with his mother, um, that they kidnapped him at one point in time. And that basically they on bullshit, y'all. <laughs> Maywood don't know what the hell they talking about. So we see another video and he's rapping Drake in that video. He's just kind of babbling. And in my opinion, it's very much giving CTE. Um, but something does not seem like it's all the way there. Go ahead, Michelle. Question. Had Sergio been arrested before? Do we know that? Is that where he's correlating? Arre- is he correlating arrest with kidnapping? So to my knowledge, no, no reports have said that he was arrested previously or that he had, you know, a record. But um, I think that he is just um, a little mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. So that's where he's getting the kidnapping because I'm because you're going to give the update. So I guess we'll start yep. back to it. I don't yep. want to ruin it. Go ahead. And the kidnapping. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you love to ask all of these questions before I can get to it. OK, I said. I'm. <laughs> So this this past week on Tuesday, October 10th, um, Sergio was actually arrested in San Diego. So it was kind of like, honestly, I'm not gonna lie, y'all. I forgot about Sergio because Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, he a black man. It it appears that he's in Mexico somewhere. 
the, the black mama is dead. Y'all know how they do with us in the news. Mm-hmm. They ain't think about us. I'm like, she's dead, mm-hmm. whatever. They're going to let Sergio fly. Psych. So unbeknownst to us, the Mexican authorities have known where Sergio was for a little over two weeks now. Were they trying to bargain with the United States for something? Well, no, the extradition was cool, but they didn't formally press charges yet. So until the state of Illinois formally pressed the charges, they could mm-hmm. not go arrest him and extradite him back to the United States. Mm-hmm. So, so Mexico was, been knowing that he's chilling there and that he's killed his mama. Yes. So we were okay. like, that's crazy. You remember when we recorded, we were like, it's it's interesting how people are like hiding in plain sight and no one says anything. No yeah, one anything. he wasn't hiding. They knew where he was. But in reality, they knew where he was. This is so, why I, this I'll is why ahead. I was. You know, this is why I was asking questions when we originally talked about it of what is missing when you're an adult if physically there's been, mm-hmm. or excuse me, digitally there's been, you you have a digital footprint somewhere, like him posting the Drake video. Like, granted, yeah. yes, y'all might have not known his exact location there, but that does confirm that he is alive and well. So would you still consider him missing? I guess not. Point? I guess not. Because they kind of went from his life. Yeah, they kind of went from he's missing to a person of interest and straight from person of interest to... To he did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So authorities know that he traveled to Mexico. However, according to CNN, they don't know when he went to Mexico, which is crazy to me because I'm like, what's up with the bank statements? Y'all don't have... The flight? That he got there? Like, did he drive there? I I don't know. There's still, you know, a few missing pieces. So he traveled to Mexico and he was actually taken into custody. And so they deported him essentially. Mm -hmm. And he got on a flight from Mexico City to Tijuana, Tijuana to San Diego. Mm -hmm. But of course, I kind of told you guys that he's seeming a little mentally unstable. His messaging in his videos that that's appearing to be him. He was kind of not making sense in the things that he was saying. So, of course, his arrest was crazy, okay? Mm-hmm. So, they get on the plane in Mexico City, and he goes off. He's actually, he actually got filmed by another passenger, okay? So, the passenger posts the video on social media, of course, and it goes viral. Um, but the plane's captain actually threatened to kick him off board. Now, why the hell did they have him with two Mexican authorities on a regular flight? So, I talked <laughs> to my like sister. a regular Delta Airlines flight. So I talked to my sister about this because when we were when we were talking about it yesterday on the phone, my mm-hmm. sister um, was telling my oldest sister was telling me that that's that's common procedure. They take when they're extraditing criminals when they're going across state lines, they will typically do commercial flights and they will typically go on the plane first. So it's supposed to be kind of unknown. And nine times out of ten, they're going to be handcuffed. And I'm like, well, then maybe I've never ended up on a commercial flight with a criminal. But I'm also like, y'all just be willingly putting me in danger. I feel like you should let the passengers know. But also, it depends on the severity of the criminal. I feel like this is someone who fled the country. So y'all could have invested a little bit more coin and put that man on a private jet. Yeah. And then then it was like all these connections. I'm like, he was literally in three different cities. Yes. I'm like, he was, he was hood hopping. In the I'm like y'all y'all could have got a private jet for that mm-hmm. a little helicopter something but to put that man on a commercial flight like y'all have literally been watching his behavior online for weeks a month now and y'all He's still said right. y'all still said no nah, go ahead and hop on that <laughs> go ahead and hop on that regular flight we'll see y'all soon <laughs> made a so, fucking scene 
Exactly. Right. So according to CNN, they're saying that he got on the plane and this was some of the quotes and I watched the video as well. Um, so he yelled several times. Why are you grabbing me? I have my passport. They're kidnapping me again. I'm from Chicago. My flight was to Columbia. Why am I going to Tijuana? This is kidnapping. They're in uniforms like he was physically fighting the man. So Michelle Williams, who is the lady who recorded the video, actually said mm-hmm. it. This scuffle lasted for an hour and a half. During she the flight, she only recorded three minutes of it. Like during the flight or before they took off. So I don't know. It, it did not specify, but it must have been in flight because the pilot basically said he was going to ground the flight. So it must have been in flight. Absolutely. So and not and not he waited to show his ass for real, for real, till that flight was up in the air. But also he was in handcuffs this entire time, right? And you're screaming yeah. that you got kidnapped. Yeah, but they was in front of him. It wasn't like it was behind his back. So mm-hmm. when he was fighting with the man, you know, his arms are together, but. He on kick push mode. See, and that's so, why you need to put him on a helicopter and sedate him. Absolutely exactly. not. I'm getting exactly. my money back. Whoever that airline is, run me my money back. Girl, like, y'all this is a national, like- this is a national case. This wasn't just anybody that he uh-huh. has been on social media. And easily identifiable. Like, I just, I don't know. That was bizarre to me. Mm. So according to Sandio, um, Sandio, <laughs> my Lord, according <laughs> to San Diego's, Sheriff's Department inmate records. Um, Sergio is actually being held still in San Diego. So he has to actually go to a court date first in San Diego on November 13th before he's actually able to be extradited back to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that's going to happen. So um, I'm sure we'll have another update for y'all after November 13th. So in about a month from now um, is when he will, you know, have his first day in court and we'll be able to learn some more. I really hope he gets a really good legal team and they find a way to settle out of court. I would hate to see him in a courtroom. Like that would be I, that would just be horrific. I don't know. And his family, I read um a quote and they they've been kind of like saying like general stuff like, you know, we're really sad about Myrtle's death and we hope that we get more answers. Like they haven't really said much about like Sergio being apprehended in like, you know, we can't believe he killed his mom or anything like that. Like they're not really, you know saying much about that portion of it more so just like mourning Myrtle's death and um figuring out how to move on from there so yeah it's definitely a really a really sad case but I hope that whatever help Sergio needs he gets it and that the story actually unfolds so the family can possibly have some kind of closure you know and I hope they had some evidence before they accuse that man because regardless of if he did it or not he's clearly mm-hmm. mentally unstable mm-hmm. it, it was like it was like glue when he went to wherever he was and then his mom was found dead. Everybody, we crucified him. The media crucified him. Yeah. The department crucified him. They probably haven't even been looking into any other leads of what could have happened to Myrtle. So mm-hmm. I hope they got it right. Yeah. Because that's, so, yeah. yeah. All right. On to the next update. So I'm going to talk about Morgan State's shooting. This happened a couple of weeks ago. And an unidentified 17-year-old was actually arrested in connection to the shooting, which happened on October 3rd and left five victims wounded. So if you guys, I'm pretty sure you've heard about this, but if you haven't, this shooting happened during one of the first days of Morgan State's homecoming celebration. Homecoming was canceled. Students, faculty, everybody around in the area, in the Baltimore area, have been wondering what happened, what went down. And for a couple of weeks, they did not have any leads. So the teenager was arrested on Thursday, October 12th, and he is being charged with multiple counts of attempted murder. The Baltimore Police Department said he was taken into custody without incident. 
And Morgan State students told 11 News that they were very surprised that one of the suspect suspected shooters is as young as 17. And that went back to my first mind when we first talked about this, Amanda. I was like, 17? Mm-hmm. 17? Yeah. Girl, I was. So the department is also looking for 18-year-old Jovan Williams for his connection to the shooting. This interesting tidbit. And of course, we don't know the 17-year-old's name because he is He's a minor. underage. Then why are they keep showing us a picture? Yeah, I'm like, but they're blasting his face all in the media. And of course, y'all, he's a little black boy. So, of course, um, you know, people are already painting a narrative. They're painting a picture before they even know what happens. Mm -hmm. And yes, the 18-year-old Jovan Williams, which is a very uh, ambiguous name. So his picture hasn't, I've also been seeing that his picture hasn't necessarily been shared in the media yet. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. The Baltimore Police, go ahead. Did they say if Jovan was from D.C. as well? They didn't say where Jovan is from. They also did not say the connection they've made with Jovan or the unidentified. They just they just named just the two of them as as suspects. And from from what we know in the news, if you guys remember, apparently two men were shooting at each other, either shooting at each other or shooting at someone else in the vicinity because there was a crowd, there was a pageant that just happened. They were, people were walking on their way to a celebration and this is when the shooting happened. Apparently they were either shooting at someone in the crowd or each other. It's really unclear. It's unclear if the 17 year old and the 18 year old are on the same side of this or if Mm -hmm. they were enemies in this, but yeah, they were shooting at each other, shooting the vicinity, definitely two shooters. And they, they came to this conclusion because of the ballistics report and the bullets and everything in the vicinity. It was, there were only two guns involved. Now, granted, there are only two guns involved. This always intrigues me because there's so many other factors to put into the crime. And I just imagine if there is someone running away who was clearly a target in this while five other people are getting hit. No one else mm-hmm. saw that person to identify them. That's the number one person I would have wanted to talk to. My That's where my first mind went when I heard mm-hmm. about the makeup of this whole thing. It wasn't about the two shooters because whoever that boy is, he's going to be able to tell us everything we need to what know is. Yeah. about how this even happened. He either is on one side of this. They was both after him. They was both out the reach. It's unclear. And I'm just still so surprised at how little statements are in the media of the people who were around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I imagine it's because they're black and maybe they're scared to talk. Yeah. And I think also because it was such a big crowd and it's it's giving like, um, have you ever seen those videos when those women back in the day, I'm like, it doesn't really happen anymore. But when they used to have like those wedding dress sales and they would like rush a door and like mm-hmm. people would get trampled and shit. Like I'm, I'm literally imagining like you just, you see something and you hear bop, 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 and people just start running. Yeah, like you're not even paying attention to what's going on. You're just like, I need to hide and get to safety. So a lot of people may not have been paying attention, but you know, that was my first mind too. Like whoever the intended target was, they know that they got away, you know? However, if they came up to Morgan State from DC to shoot somebody, whoever that little baby is, they not worried about telling the police. They try and get their look back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. They're not thinking about so, the police. They're staying so they're in hiding because they want to go. They want to go do it themselves. This is absolutely yeah. you're absolutely right. Speaking of the Baltimore Police Department, isn't issuing a reward for information at this time, but they are asking for people to call in and share any any tips they have specifically about Jovan Williams' where, whereabouts. Remember when we first when we first <laughs> told y'all about this case, they were issuing a nine thousand dollar reward. I'm going to assume somebody got that reward because let me tell you, I couldn't find word of. I couldn't find any information on that reward at all, but the mm. articles I read were clear about 
you know, Baltimore police are asking you guys to call in for tips. Call mm-hmm. in for tips mm-hmm. for free, babe. You want me to put yeah. my life on the line for free? Hmm. $9,000 wasn't much, but it's looking real nice right now. If you're asking me to actually share information about someone who is named, I'm like, it's different when you're sharing details because you were there and you were in the midst of, you know, the midst of the actual, you know, event, the tragedy, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be. But to provide information about a specific person's whereabouts, you asked me to put a target on my back. That's how I see it. Like, I don't really, why would I want to do that? Um, so that's the update I have on the Morgan State shooting. We, of course, will still be following to see if Javon is taken into custody. I know the 17-year-old has court in a couple of weeks uh, to see what official charges he will be facing. And so we'll also know more about that mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, because I was reading somewhere it's like attempted murder. Right now it's looking like attempted murder and something else, right? Uh, right now all I read was attempted mur- multiple counts of attempted murder. Attempted murder, okay. So I wonder too if they if they could hit both boys with all five counts because those are the people. Yeah. Those are the bullets that landed in and it might honestly, if they get like super ticky into it, depending on the ballistics and who, you know, who those particular bullets hit, then if they if their attorneys are good enough, then you know, they might be able to just be like, no, they only get two counts of attempted murder versus five or whatever. Right, right. Depending on yep, where they got shot at. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, I'm telling you, a lot of these crimes that we could talk about is the young folks. We got another young folks story next. Mm. So y'all know my next story is an update about my favorite crime story of the summer, Carly <laughs> Hoax Russell, Carlithia. And Carlithia done went to court this week, y'all. Mm. So as we know, she's from Hoover, Alabama. I'm going to give you the quick recap in case you don't mm-hmm. know about her. So quickly on July 13th, Carly was calling 911. She said she saw a baby on the side of the road. And so she pulled over um, and they're like, you know, basically, ma'am, don't get out the car. You know, that whole procedure that they tell you when you call the dispatcher Mm -hmm. and she ends up getting out. And by the time the police get there, they cannot find her. She's nowhere to be seen. Her wig is on the ground and so on and so forth. So the police are looking for her. Not only are the Hoover PD looking for her. The citizens of Hoover are looking for her. People in Alabama are looking for her. Nationally, all of her TikTok aunties, cousins, brothers, and sisters are looking for her. But at about, I would say, the eighth hour of Carly Missing, I, Amanda Washington of Mandy and Mitch Media, smelled something very funny in the air. It wasn't sitting right with me, y'all. And when I tell you people on Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, now X, and threads, nobody was believing me in the comments or on TikTok, including my own co-host, might I add. Okay, and- well, okay. For first of all, first of all, I was about to call you out your name, but I'm gonna keep it <laughs> cute because my mom was gonna listen to this. You are absolutely correct. And you, if y'all, y'all know, if you're true fans of the show, that usually we the roles are reversed. Usually I'm the one pulling the devil's advocate card in that this didn't happen how it did. And I was just so struck and sad, y'all. What I was tell you though, the media is powerful. Okay. <laughs> All of my black folk that was on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere, really like fighting for this woman. It touched my heart. Mm -hmm. It touched my heart. And I was literally like, nah, we got to find her. And then Miss Amanda, I'll never forget the day, sent me a voice memo like, she did this to herself. She's faking. And I'm like, (laughs) well, way to be, (laughs) way to be a hard ass. What did Carly do to you? And you know me, I'm a girl's girl. But when the girls are lying, the girls are lying. This is true. 
Um, it, it ends up coming out that Carly stole from her job. She went to Target to get all of these snacks before she actually disappeared. Then when they find her, her car on the side of the road, might I add, I want to say it was like a BMW or a Mercedes. It was a nice mm-hmm. lit, mm-hmm. you know? I wonder so, if she got a car back. You think she got a car back in that wig? Probably. It probably got impounded or something. Then her parents were able to pick it up, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, y'all, they couldn't find her. All of this stuff was missing. And then when the police finally got a hold of her 49 hours later, when she showed up on her parents' doorstep, okay, mm-hmm. not to a random place, not to the nearest market, not to a gas station, to her parents' doorstep. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where she appeared. The police were able to kind of look at her phone and what she had been searching and things of that nature. So the day that Carly actually went missing, she was looking up stuff like one-way bus tickets, how to take money out of a cash register without getting caught. <laughs> also, um, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert? Then do you have to pay for an Amber Alert is crazy. Like is you thought it was a website that you just go blast off and pay. You know how many people, first of all, I'd be using that service to look for my man. Fuck is you talking about? Everybody yeah. would be on there doing anything if you could just pay for an Amber Alert. And I don't even think she would qualify for an Amber Alert. Isn't Amber Alert only for kids? She was saying, because, well, as the story goes, remember, she says she saw a little girl walking on the side of the road. So she was probably already coming up with her story of maybe she could put the put the Amber Alert. I, don't, I still don't see how an Amber Alert would have ever helped her case. I don't see how either. So then the final search was she was searching the movie Taken with Liam Neeson in it. <laughs> And I'm like, first of all, you were never going to be Liam Neeson, and his daughter was useless. So, <laughs> and they were in Europe. They and were he, in the states. They were I, in Europe. I literally was like, "Are you claiming that you were going to get snapped? Maybe she was going to stage a phone call. Now that would have been crazy. I don't know. And my thing is, Carly. Well, she did just, stage a phone call. She did. She should have just fell off the face of the map, and none of this would have ever happened. You know what my I'm saying? Thing, like, babe, you also also grow up. Go to Target, get your snacks, pay for them, please. Do not go into the cash register and go take a weekend off. Unplug. Do what any other stressed out black woman, woman, any any person mm-hmm. in this world probably would have thought of doing before you stage your disappearance to get your boyfriend's attention. I pray to God, Allegedly. God, God, God. I pray that you never, ever, 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 ever let me like a man that much to go to that extent. Please yeah. deliver me. Because there's I'm no way. That's five, six. Okay, anyway. relax, because <laughs> don't get to start talking about people on here. That was not nice. Five, six is all right over here, okay? Amanda's yeah, it picking. wasn't nice, but also he was trying to profit off of it, too. At a strip club, he was trying to do promos. What anyway. was he doing at a strip club? Like, Girl, promoting like he was he, a guest at the party? Yes, like, he became a party host the week after she, um, after, like, they found out it was a hoax and all of that stuff. Like, they had him on party flyers. And his, like, attorney or somebody ended up telling him, like, no, boy, don't do that. <laughs> okay, that's like, a crazy way to go out. But hear me out, Amanda, playing devil's advocate. Say you blow up by way of a sticky situation with someone else. You telling me you're not going to take some money or something to go do a big interview or sit down for a big show or maybe write a book about it? I'm saying make your money, make your money. All of that is different from a club appearance. <laughs> for sure. For sure, 100%. But it's all monetization, right? You all, you all, at the end of the day, a big part of it is not just sharing your story. It's just, it's also making money, right? He was doing it to meet girls, okay? Please. <laughs> okay, so, okay. I'm sure, so, I'm sure so many of the, of the girls are going to listen to this like, you're crazy. And I am. 
and am. In my mind, I'm taking out my personal feelings for it and just looking at it as, okay, making money is making money. And we know damn well he could not speak on no podcast, sit down for no interview, or write no damn book. He, was he did what he... the Good Morning America or something. This is true. I don't, do they pay for that stuff, though? Probably not. <laughs> Maybe 60 minutes. I feel like 60 minutes might pay a little something. I, I can see that. Okay. 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 So, of course, um, to bring it back, the wall starts to close in on Carly. So she felt like, you know, she had to confess. And that's what she did. And she, well, she, we never heard the words come out of her mouth. Her lawyer actually confessed for her, um, saying that, you know, there was never a kid on the side of the road. She was never kidnapped. She was experiencing something. And that was kind of it. They didn't give us any more context outside of that. So many speculated, kind of like Michelet, um, have said that Carly, you know, pretended to have this whole kidnapping happen because she wanted to get the attention of her then boyfriend or ex-boyfriend because it seemed like they were, you know, on the rocks or they were breaking up. And at the time he came out, he said a lot of nice things about her while they were looking for her. And then he actually retracted those statements once she found out that she was lying. So this past Tuesday, Carly actually stood her day in court and she was found guilty of two misdemeanor charges that um, are related to the case. The charges are false reporting. So it was two ch- It was two charges of false reporting, which is a misdemeanor, not a felony. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing to me was Carly confessed to this whole thing being a lie, but she pled not guilty in court. Yeah. Uh, well, mm, mm, that doesn't make sense to me. Me either. Okay. I assume maybe it's because she confessed and then they maybe they try to retract her confession. Yeah, you're never really you're never supposed to tell your report wasn't false. I don't know. I don't you, know. That's you're that's, really you're never supposed to tell on yourself, like especially if you did it. So I imagine yeah. her. I imagine her. I imagine her lawyers probably pulled the. You know, she was under. She was pressured into making a confession, doing whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And maybe they were trying to. I don't know. Yeah, there. I feel like it was no chance she was winning that. She should have. My thing is, is why even go? I would have settled outside of that. Well, that probably wasn't an option. I feel like that too. Settlement has to be on the table. You know, yeah, so I'm gonna, uh, yeah, and I'm like, it, it was, it was never gonna be a, a no damn settlement. If anything, she was gonna have to cop a plea. But I'm gonna tell you why she didn't cop a plea. Just mm-hmm. stick with me. I'm mm-hmm. almost done. So the judge found her guilty, of course, and she um, was sentenced to a year in prison. Mm-hmm. And then she has to pay nearly eighteen thousand dollars in restitution. So I think it was like. something dollars. So it's it rounds up to right about eighteen thousand dollars in restitution, and so the eighteen thousand dollars are from like the search efforts, the money, the taxpayers' dollars that they had to use in order to find Carly, um, that they did during her time. So her attorney, whose name is Emery Anthony, he talked to CNN and he actually told CNN that he thinks that um the restitution is fair, and so does Carly. And that they are okay with paying the $17,000 restitution. However, he does think that the jail time is a little bit of overkill. So um, my question for you was, what do you think about the jail time? Do you think it's overkill? Or do you think that it kind of fits the bill because she essentially lied about her whereabouts? I think it's, I think it's, and I have to, and I'm thinking of it in correlation to the other cases we have covered. Like even going back to Christopher Haynes, y'all know our escapee who is on the run. They still ain't found. Mm-hmm, who was on the run in D.C., the fact that he got probation when he tried to run over three police officers, I literally was like, where, <laughs> where are y'all antennas? Like, 
or even the fact that he wasn't well guarded when they were at that hospital when he complained of ankle pain and he was able he was able to escape it's just like where does the leniency come from and mm-hmm. i feel like they want to make a spectacle out of carly because this was such a national case if carly if this was if this didn't go national carly would be on probation right now she probably mm-hmm. would be on ankle monitor at the worst she's not a flight risk she never tried to she never tried to leave the area and literally came back right. home she got kidnapped <laughs> <laughs> amanda please But also restitution should have been a word that she was looking at when she was Googling shit. Hello. So she was looking up everything else or like investigations surrounding missing persons. uh (laughs) And I think I agree with what you said about the national spectacle and then making an example out of her. But I think Mm -hmm. also Carly is a black woman Mm -hmm. in Alabama. Mm -hmm. So to me, a black woman in the South, they're going to throw her to book every time. right? Right. Like, right. This is true. It, Alabama, yeah. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder too. Was that the um, was that the longest amount of time that they could have given her? If it was a year Um, for that charge, I think so because because of the two charges, it was six months per charge, and that's how they got to the year. That's how they made the year um, number up. So they gave her six months per charge, um, you know, jail time or whatever, and that's how they were able to come up with the month. So. Her attorney is actually appealing it. And so mm-hmm. since he's appealing it, yeah, he wants to put her in front of another jury at another time. And so basically they'll be able to move forward with another jury and hopefully she won't have to serve any jail time at all. And that is, you know, what the attorney's um, hope is for Carly. So, um, you know, it's going to go to appellate court and we're going to kind of see what happens after that. So once we get those um, updates, we'll give those to you. But so far, that's all we know. Um, and I thought I would just add this tidbit at the end that is still kind of like haunting me a little bit about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. The police still have no idea what Carly what, was doing or where mm-hmm. she was for those 49 hours that she went missing. Like and that's they still have the, no idea. And they said nobody the, helped her allegedly mm-hmm. and that she wasn't at a hotel or, you know, at Airbnb or whatever, like the streets have been saying, you know, on social media, I, th- I feel like people were like, yeah, she was at the red roof in and her homegirl came to pick her up and blah, blah, blah. But the police are saying they can't find any evidence that supports that. And Carly in her camp and her attorney haven't said anything about Carly's whereabouts. They still do not know where she was or what she was doing during that 49 hour stint. And I just imagine, and it's interesting to me that none of that came out during her court proceedings because imagine mm-hmm. if there's any inkling of anything that was, that happened during those 49 hours that could save face for her. It would have helped her case, but, mm-hmm. but I guess it wasn't. Someone had, to, she was on the freeway, bro. Someone had to pick her up. Oh yeah. Maybe. No, I definitely think somebody helped her. They just don't know what, what the T is. Uh, it's not that boyfriend. She would have ratted yeah, his ass that. out already. She would have ratted him out. She would have ratted him out. Okay. Mm-hmm. What happened? What happened to goddamn probation, ankle monitor, and community service? Do they not give motherfuckers community service anymore? Because this was the perfect case to me where she needed to remove herself from her life. I mean, she maybe had. Her birthday I mean, was really Carly and not Carlithia. She needed to get away from that job. Well, she that job got away from her. She lost yeah, her man. Her it's like, this would have been a perfect a perfect case to me to put her in community service to learn something new and maybe it'll spark a whole new life for her because at the end of the day like i understand you get punishments when you do something bad but they're also supposed to be learning experiences what is Mm -hmm. this going to teach her throwing her in jail for a year 
I don't know. Maybe how to knit a quilt. <laughs> Bitch, or maybe she'll learn some more about the legal system and get it right next time. Yeah, maybe she'll become an attorney or somebody that can help other people in jail. I don't know. You know, God always has a, a bigger plan for us than we can see. So everything happens for a reason. What the reason is, I don't know. However, I, I, I don't know. A year in jail does seem a little bit much, especially because technically she didn't harm anybody. The only thing she did was waste taxpayers' dollars. So, like, make her pay her money back. Um, even I agree with that. I think that the jail, the jail time is a little bit much. But I think they truly are wanting to make an example out of her for whatever yeah. reason. I hope her lawyer. So. I hope her lawyer does does the Lord's work. Okay. Yeah. So my second update is about Melissa Mooney, one of the two LA models who was found dead in her apartment in September. So Melissa was 31, and she was a sister of Guyanese singer Jordan Pauline. She was found dead on September 12th in her apartment, but there have been a couple of new developments in her murder since it's being investigated as a homicide. For one, she was pregnant at the time, y'all. The medical examiner didn't say how far along she was, but did confirm during the autopsy that she, mm. autopsy, autopsy, excuse me, that she was pregnant. This was the most interesting part of the autopsy to me, though. Melissa's cause of death has been listed as deferred, but cause A is listed as homicidal violence. What? So they don't, meaning they don't know how she died, but they know she died at the hands of somebody else. Yeah. Other significant conditions also were cited in the official report, according to news reports in the autopsy report. Other significant conditions. What? I don't, what, what does that mean? And how they don't know how she died? Like, I have no idea. But over the head? Was she poisoned? Like, remember, how y'all don't know that? Remember, this goes back to when we first were covering these cases, and I'll get to a, a small update on Nicole's case as well. But remember, they ruled Nicole's death a suspicious death. Like, did y'all uh, really Nicole write is that the down? One who had the legs up in the air or whatever, right? Yes, yes. So let me get there real quick. So Jordan, okay. the singer, uh, who was the sister of Melissa, told KTLA that Melissa's cause of death was likely deferred because she was beaten so badly, and it was difficult to determine what led to her death. So oh. we didn't know this before. We didn't know this before. Remember, I mean, in both cases, both were found around a lot of blood of their own, found mm -hmm. near their beds or in their beds. But Jordan told KTLA that she was beaten to death. I also imagine if she was beaten, why weren't they able to tell us anything about potential blunt force trauma? We've talked about this recently. Mm -hmm. Or any other type, if she had any type of puncture wounds on her body, they, they literally said, yeah. And I'm like, maybe she had all of it and they just don't know which one of those things was like, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back essentially, which caused her death. This is true. So if y'all remember, Melissa was found two days after 30 year old model, Nicole Coates, who was also found dead in her apartment a mile away in LA from Melissa. So Nicole's death is still not being investigated as a homicide and police still say that there is no evidence to suggest the deaths are linked to each other. So Nicole's family has not received any updates from investigators since the model's death. And they're really just out here still asking questions like, there's no way. Nicole was found in a in a pool of her own blood with her leg essentially stuck in the air. Because you know your bones, your body, your organs tighten up after death. Her leg was stuck in the air. And they ruled her death. They ruled her murder. Let me use the right word. A suspicious death. And are, not, are still not investigating it as a homicide. That also tells me that I'm just going to give LAPD the benefit of the, benefit of the doubt. That tells me that there's something in that crime scene. There's something, there was something around her body that mm -hmm. gave them the impression that 
she didn't die at the hands of somebody else. Because that's all you have to, that's all you have to, to look and see, right? To figure out that could she have, if you could, it's either you died in there by yourself or somebody killed you, right? I, I, those are only yeah, two options. I'm but saying. So often the police get it wrong too, you know? Like, I, I don't think it takes much. Like, I think it, it, they could be saying it's not, you know, a homicide because they don't have any physical evidence to say it was a homicide. You know, it's um, depending on how she died as well. So, like, if it's like both of her her wrists were slit or something like that, like you technically couldn't do that yourself. This and is true. And somebody else, blood, you know, and somebody else very well could have done that. I also feel like that they th that's when we likely see news reports say the likely cause of death is by suicide, though. None of that is said around either one of these deaths. And I feel like mm -hmm. at the very least, if y'all had any inkling that she killed herself, y'all would be saying the likely cause of death is suicide. Yeah. Or they would just say it was inconclusive. And they're saying suspicious death and still not investigating it as a homicide. By the well, way, both of these women, death, they might be looking into it. and We just don't know. This is true, too. Both of these women are black women as well. And yeah, it's like started a ring of, you know, fear in L.A. for mm -hmm. models, black models specifically, because I don't, I don't give a fuck what the police department is saying. Two black mm -hmm. women of similar ages die a mile apart from each other, babe. In my head, they are linked. Yep. And I told you about that girl that I grew up with. Yeah. Who was murdered in L.A. And she's a model. And that was earlier this year. So there's something going on. Like, and that's three. Three in less than a year, something y'all y'all have to figure it out. Y'all have to figure it out, Scat. So I am very intrigued by this case. I will continue to follow Melissa's murder and I will continue to follow Nicole's murder. I want to dig deeper and see what her family is saying. I might have to web sleuth a little bit. I've been staying away from web sleuth during murder at the table. Um, because we ain't got time for us to be getting into them web sleuth theories. But I'm definitely going to keep you guys posted. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So many updates from this past week. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Murder at the Table. I'm Michelle Graham. And I'm Amanda Washington. And we'll see you guys next time. We'll not see you. We hope you listen to us next time. Okay, bye. Some of y'all, we might see you in your dreams. Ooh. Uh, girl, I thought you was talking about crime. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye y'all.